0: Use the promo code FAKETHENATION at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today. You'll get 40% off. Use the promo code FAKETHENATION. Go to TryMiracle.com slash FAKETHENATION. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash nation and use the code Nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fakethenation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode.
1: Fake the Nation, episode
0: 265. Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and where we've done our paper hats and wish Barack Obama a very happy birthday. He's now 60. Uh, And I guess this actually, this happened last week, but I was really surprised to hear because I honestly thought he was in some sort of Dorian Gray situation where him and Michelle never age, but their presidential portraits do. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about home ownership and how it might be turning you into an asshole. We'll also talk about that new super scary, but also super hopeful climate change report and the quest for the perfect butt above all else. I'm so excited for today's panel because joining us for the very first time is a, a stand-up comedian who you've seen on HBO, on Comedy Central. She's also the co-host of another head Come show called The Scroll Down. It is the wonderful Marcella Arguello. Woo! Hey, Marcella.
2: Hello. Thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> there it is. <laughs> um also joining us on the show you've heard him before you've eaten his pasta his signature pasta he is the host of the sportful podcast and an all-around wonderful person folks it's dan pashman hey dan hey nagin good
1: to be back thanks for having me
0: uh listeners will remember the cascatelli of uh i don't remember when did that come out in the spring
1: Uh, The pasta itself launched in the middle of March. Yeah. So I I probably talked with you about it in early March. And um, you were one of the first people I talked to about it. That was one of the first interviews I did about it. And uh, the whole thing kind of went bananas on me.
0: Yeah, and and I got a little residual bananas from it because so many <laughs> listeners got themselves cascatelli and we discussed at length the forkability of it, the meatiness That's of awesome. it, the sauceability of it. So anyways, uh, thanks so much for bringing that to the show. Sure. Uh, and before we get into it, folks, I just want to let everyone on know that Patreon is happening. We just had a bonus episode out um, call, uh, on Thinking Outside Your Brain with Corey Forrester and Sarah Pappalardo. It was hilarious and it actually taught me some things. Um, we have a bonus episode coming out with Greg Proops and Azel Williams on productivity hacks. Uh, what I'm saying is that the bonus episodes are stacked. So support the show at patreon.com slash Uh You can support, support the show for as little as $1 a month or if you want bonus episodes as little as four dollars a month which is just like buying me a latte every month you know in fact uh, just this morning brooke and elizabeth joined patreon so thanks brooke and elizabeth for doing that uh so just come into patreon.com to see what all the fuss is about and before we get into official topic number one let's just do an, uh, an unofficial topic point five we talked about andrew cuomo last week and in the intervening week I think literally just yesterday. We were recording on a Wednesday. So just on Tuesday, he announced that he is resigning. Um, Dan, you live in New York uh, State. Are you surprised by the resignation? Because it seemed like he had was really digging in his heels. Uh...
1: I mean, when someone who's been around for that long and amassed that much power finally goes, the, it, no matter how expected it was, you're a little surprised. But mm-hmm. I wasn't that surprised because you just, you had to have seen like he just had no options left. Um, and, you know, as far as I'm concerned, good riddance. I never especially liked him. I will admit there was a like maybe two weeks during the worst period of COVID where I'm like, well, I guess it's good to have an asshole on your side. Um, <laughs> but... Um, you know outside of those two weeks i I never liked him he always seemed like someone who really didn't believe in anything other than his own advancement um and we saw that to be true
0: um marcella you are not steeped in new york politics as i imagine i I
2: thought you were gonna say marcella you've been groped by men before
0: how do you feel? feel great about it i feel great
2: this is awesome it's a win for everybody
0: yeah, I mean it. it I, I, again, we sort of—I didn't predict that he would resign because it seemed like he was really gonna ride this out. Yeah. It, 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 but then when when um, the assembly started talking about introducing impeachment, um, that he, I think then the writing was on the wall. It just se- and when his top aide resigned, all of that stuff, it just seemed like okay, I really have no supporters uh there th- th- i can't i can't ride this one out anymore um and so yeah maybe folks i'm just thinking maybe cuomo listened to the podcast and he really saw the light you know it was a fake the nation situation yeah. i mean, you know? that
1: old saying in new york politics once you lose nagin <laughs> they, they've been whispering it in the halls of albany for years
2: i'm just truly really shocked that the uh, the uh, the italian defense didn't didn't land like i'm just <laughs> italian like oh wow i can't believe yeah. that didn't hold yeah. what a shocker <laughs> it's so weird that that didn't land with everybody <laughs> um
0: yeah well all right well let us move on to official topic number one so Folks, we treat home ownership like it's the end-all be-all. Like if you own a home, you're doing something right in life. It's so core to the American self-concept that we've built decades of policy around it. Never mind the real estate-themed reality TV shows. (laughs) Um, But home ownership over the years has created its dickish qualities. Uh, So we're going to get into that. But first, does that view of home ownership still resonate with you two in 2021? that it it makes you the model citizen, Marcella?
2: Absolutely not. Are you kidding me? What a stressful situation (laughs) to put yourself in. (laughs) Oh, debt and stress? No, thank you.
0: Dan what is, what's your how does it feel to you home ownership I mean not you don't have to talk about if you own a home or not but just that like what does it look like to you the reputation of homeowners
1: yeah well I mean I do own a home my wife and two kids and I live in a house uh, in the New York City su- the distant suburbs from New York City out on Long <laughs> Island and um yeah, I mean, I, I think there is to me, I think that idea does still have a certain amount of power. Um, that, like, th- sort of like this is just like the logical step. Whatever the home is going to be, it could be an apartment in the city, it could be a ranch in the middle of nowhere, it could be anything, whatever it is for you. But the idea of like, you're going to own your own piece of land. And there's like this idea. I, I remember when we first bought our house and sitting in, in the house and just like the idea of thinking, like, I'm sitting on this little tiny speck of land on planet Earth and I can say that, like, we own this. This is our little square. And that was powerful. It was powerful to to feel that. And it it felt like we're doing something right here.
0: Right. And there's a certain
1: comfort that came with like knowing that this little tiny dot was ours and that our family like belonged here.
0: Do you never worry? Do you worry about prices falling? Do you worry about the quality of the neighborhood? Do you, I mean, changing like do, do, do those things concern you?
1: I mean, yes. You know, I'm, I'm not like the most vigilant neighbor. My wife is more into like tracking real estate prices and talking about which house went for which. I mean, since we, we, we bought, we were lucky we bought our house like at the bottom of like the the heart of the recession. So from our perspective, like the prices have all gone up. Um, but I do. I mean, look, I think the, the essential question that you're asking here about like how does this, how does owning the home affect our attitudes towards the people around us and the people who might come into our town? which I think is an interesting question. And certainly I see it like they want to build a new development and people start putting lawn signs up. Don't build a new development. It's going to be too crowded. It's going to create traffic. And of course, often there's an underlying uh, bigotry in some of those concerns, depending on who they think is going to move into those places.
0: Well, Um, let's get into the, we read a piece in Vox by Jerusalem Demsis in which The thesis of the piece is basically, and I'm just going to quote them, uh, Homeownership is supposed to mean security, opportunity, and a sense of investment in your community. But often, the pressure of tying your family's financial security to one asset incentivizes homeowners to behave selfishly and antisocially, opposing important public works uh, that could provide significant public benefits. So I guess, Marcella, the question is really, like, does homeownership make you a dick?
2: I think it does. I think a lot of people first of all, people are dicks, let's start there you know like the home ownership <laughs> okay, doesn't, it, you know just, it. It, you know it amplifies it it amplifies it so I mean it exposes who you really are because you know if you're on uh, you know being a social justice warrior fighting for people online and then you are you know you know moving differently in your neighborhood, then you're just you know you're exposing yourself to yourself, but you know everybody's different so.
0: I mean, even, like, I, I, I mean, I have to, I, even me, who, I feel like I'm one of these people who's, <laughs> like, really tries to be a good community member and really wants, you know, for all, um, you know, a rising tide to lift all boats, not just mine, all of that, I will notice, like, something go up that I don't know what, like, that might be some kind of low-income housing or whatever, and I have a, a tiny moment where I'm like, uh, oh, I hope it works out. You know what I mean? Obviously, like, I live in Manhattan. It is extremely densely populated. Things change block by block. It's a crazy and not necessarily similar... Um, to other cities situation. Right. But I still like, I'll still have that moment or like, you know, uh, I'll just wonder like what, who might be going into that building or whatever. Who's hanging around that other building. Like I am concerned. I think what exacerbated it is maybe having a kid.
2: Right. Mm -hmm.
0: Because I like, don't want the kid to be around, Um, anything that could possibly ever harm her, right? Right. Uh, So I feel like it's... I I would say I'm on the better end of NIMBYism, but I'm a human being. It's like I have 1% of that in my blood. You know what I mean? Um, And so... Dan, could you just explain NIMBYism for people who haven't heard the term?
1: Yeah, well, so it's it's an acronym for not in my backyard. It's the basic idea, you know, you you move into a place, you're the new one on the block, and you and you think, oh, well, that, that's great. But then as soon as anyone else tries to come in and they want to do anything in your backyard, quote unquote, they want to build a new facility. They want to put up new homes. They want to whatever, do anything that's going to change it in a way that you don't like, all of a sudden, you know, not in my backyard. I, I see it happening here. So I live in like a pretty middle-of-the-road suburban community, And uh, our state senator came to talk a couple years ago to like the community civic association, and people were asking him why he wasn't supporting uh, uh, marijuana legalization, even though he's a Democrat. He was one of the couple of Democrats in the state senate holding out. And he didn't say this bluntly, but my take on his answer was that he has constituents who don't want a weed shop in their town. And the, 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 if you ask if you poll people they'll all say sure legalize it I smoked weed when I was in college I might smoke right. weed now whatever I don't care it's it's ridiculous if people are going to jail for this legalize it but then as soon as it's like okay we're going to open up a, sh- a shop on your main drag then it's like whoa 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 <laughs> and that's nimbyism. right
0: right but I also just want to say that's really dumb nimbyism that means you've never been to a weed shop I've been to like in my hometown of Palm Springs California I've been to weed shops that just straight up look like the Apple store Right. right. They're <laughs> no, just know, like totally. these right. unbelievably designy, like glorious spaces, high right. ceilings, like everyone has their own aesthetic, aesthetic, like wellness shtick. Right. Like and the same, they are they w- they they're wouldn't beautiful. Blink about
1: having, they wouldn't blink about having a liquor store in their town. That's just a normal right. thing you have in a town. Right.
0: Right. Um, right. So, you
1: know, it, it's very silly. I, I do think that, Marcella, especially you really hit, hit it on the head, I think, where you said people are dicks. You know, yeah. like the, the, the headline and sub headline of this article are, are What I want to unpack, it says home ownership can bring out the worst in you. And then it says it could be turning you into a bad person. It's not turning you into a bad person. This this is a fundamentally human thing. You have a little th- space of land that's your own, right? And I think there right. is something instinctive to think like I'm going to protect it.
0: Now, it's like a, right. It's like a cold sore. Like if you have a if your immune system is low, you get the cold sore. But if it's always in your system,
1: right, right, exactly. You know, and so it gets aggravated, and you come out and say, "Oh, I need to protect what's mine. I need to protect my land or whatever." And that's somewhat instinctual. the 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 The, the interesting part is. What do you feel that you need to protect your land from? And that's when it gets into sort of societal messaging about what is a threat and what is not, who is a threat and who is not a threat. And those
0: black and brown people protect it from black and brown people right. because, Marcella, you know, one of the reasons why you you're in Los Angeles, right? Yeah. So one of the reasons why Los Angeles has such shitty transportation, which, by the way, is far better than it was when I was a kid, but even still, not great. Is because Beverly Hills didn't want some shit going through it because they didn't want people to be have easy access to Beverly right. Hills, right. and so that created so many problems for public transport in LA. Um, do you, you know, do you, how do you see that kind of behavior working itself out where you live, Marcella? I mean. Well, wait, can I go backwards for a second? Because Please. I,
2: I, I've been thinking in my head, because, Negan, I think you nailed it on the head when you said the the children stuff. Because mm-hmm, yeah. when people have kids, they they move much differently. And I remember reading this Twitter thread. I, I wish I could remember who the woman was. But she was a single woman, no kids. And she was saying that she loves to rent because of everything that comes You know with it it's like you have the 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 handyman that's there you have the landlord that answers you know like you have all these people that help you uh exist in your in your space yeah i think that i think that when when people have kids it really you know it's something flips and it goes back to the protecting your space and uh and and you know the the mama bear comes out and the daddy bear comes out and it's it's and but i think that a lot of people forget you know like other people have Other things that they have to worry about and you know why why can't we um, provide for all these people but when it comes to the public transportation in la it's it's just really wild i mean i i started comedy in san francisco and like the public transportation there is pretty good not i mean Mm it doesn't compare to new york certainly doesn't compare to tokyo and so to to see that la had this like
0: meanwhile i love that your gold standard is tokyo i never (laughs) even think
2: (laughs) oh my god i when we were there i was like this is shocking this public transportation like it's so you can get lost so quickly because there's just so much there's so many trains and uh, and like and new york has a great i mean pretty great considering you know yeah you know compared to the rest of the country but there's it, it could get better and so the The L.A. shit is weird because you see these like empty entrances still and it's like no one is allowed down there. And it's like, guys, I mean, the city would just be thriving in so many more ways than one if they just uh, put some money into the public transportation. But again, it goes back to like the Beverly Hills shit, you know? Yeah. That.
0: This And, you know, I will say in defense of homeownership, one positive thing about it is it increases um, political participation. There was, like, a, a Stanford University researcher who found that asset investment um, has an, a, an important effect on p- – has an important uh, participatory effect. Um, and so they're more likely to go to meetings. They're more likely to yeah. vote. They're more likely to do all of that stuff. Yeah, which you, you, then you also makes the – Right. You become yeah. invested. I mean, it makes total sense, but it also makes their their needs more prevalent, right? Because who's at you know, there was a homeless shelter they were trying to build in the upper west side and there was all this drama against it because all you know, there's so many homeowners there that are like, absolutely not, not in my neighborhood. And what's exacerbating the problem here in twenty twenty one is that we're about three point eight million homes short as of the fourth quarter of twenty twenty. Um so we're and and it's just getting worse right like we are we are short on homes so um there that means that there's more we need to build stuff and that also means we don't have infinite space especially in a place like New York City or LA and so you need to build stuff where people may not like it you know what I mean um and I think the other thing that I would love to point out to people is like how little what how little do you think of your own community that you think the presence of like one building is going to change the entire fabric of your community. You know what I mean? Like, in, embrace the people, bring them into the fold, and it'll be great. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, stop being a loser. That's what she's trying to tell you guys. <laughs> You're being a loser, <laughs> a full-blown hater. Stop it. Embrace it. Embrace the change. You know, yeah. you can learn. You can learn something. You could. You know, you might love these people. Come on, relax.
0: Yeah, you might love these people. I mean, I honestly, you know, I, I mean, again, I'm I'm in a really weird part of the country where we have a lot of just extreme income variance within like right. a five block radius. So right. it's, um, I don't live in a tree line place that's like you know a bubble, and so I I the fear I think. I don't under, I don't to- understand the extreme fears. And wrap us up, Dan.
1: Well, I, I live in the pretty ordinary suburbs, which may be more re- representative. and and, and I'm, I think that sometimes when people oppose new developments or new homes or new people, it's just because they don't like the people that, are, right. that they think are going to come in. But it's also just sort of about like um, scarcity scarcity of resources you know where i live is far from the city like this was all farmland not that long ago right and and a portion of it still is and we moved way out here from the city where it was like you can't get your kids into preschool like forget if you can afford it you can't even get them in you can't get them into any after school programs they all sell out three minutes after they go on sale we came out here it was like which nursery school do you want to go to take your pick they're all reasonably priced go and and then so when more people start coming in when you move so far away To be able to not have to compete with people for like the most basic things, then all these other people show up after you. There's you're a little bit like, really? Like we came all yeah. the way out here.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and now, you know,
2: so. Um, right, right. So,
1: so there's that too.
2: But You're, you're sounding sound a little like Columbus there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm go easy
1: on that one.
0: <laughs> all right. But th- folks, that being me...
1: said, I'm not putting any uh, anti-development lawn signs in my front yard.
0: Good, Dan. I would be very upset with you if you did. <laughs> Folks, are you putting anti-development lawn signs on your yard? Please don't. Also, people need a place to live. There's a housing shortage. Let's work together. Also, let me know what you think. Did you Have you found yourself to be more of a dick if you own a home? Are you staying a renter just so you avoid activating your dickishness that exists inside all of us? Uh, let me know. You can find me on all of the places. But let's take a quick break uh, and learn about our sponsors. And when we come back, we'll talk about other things.
3: HeadGum, it's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again
0: to Aura. Today's show is sponsored by Pros. This is kind of, I feel like, you know, I'm on some sort of Lord of the Rings journey trying to figure out skincare. And I feel like this customized skincare line is really got my name on it. Basically, every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skin care, I tried the skin care just recently, is made to order and it's personalized. It's got a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs, like specifically you. And then the way they do it is you take this great, like in-depth quiz, basically. They analyze over 80 factors for a complete view of your life, your beauty goals, um like i have oily skin that's also dry which is just a fun little conundrum i live in new york city like we've got these four seasons my my face gets weird during seasonal shifts um i all of these things i got to kind of talk about in like in answering the questions. Um, The other fun thing was they asked us at the end, like, do you like a creamy type of moisturizer or like a less creamy kind? And I was kind of like, I think like less creamy. And they were like, that's fine. Like you can do that. But we think for your skin type, creamier is better. And I never knew that. So I love that there's so much kind of personal information that goes into creating this. I got my stuff in the mail very quickly after. I got a wonderful serum. Like I said, this very creamy moisturizer. Um, and this also very just delectably creamy cleanser that just kind of feel like I, I think it's possible that I've been washing my face with just like harsh harshness. <laughs> For like many years, because when I saw this cleanser, I was like, oh, is this what it's supposed to feel like? It's supposed to feel like a little bit of a delight on my face. That's not what I've been doing. So I don't know, guys. And here's the thing you don't have to take my word for it. In a third party, double blind dermatologist supervised controlled clinical study, um, which is like the gold standard for research studies, pros prove that personalization works better than off the shelf alternatives, which just sort of totally makes sense on a just logical level. If you think about it, just it makes common sense. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% of your first subscription order at pros.com slash fake the nation Um, will be taken off. That's Pros.com slash fake the nation. You get your free consultation and 50% off your one of a kind formulas. Uh, again, that's pros.com slash fake the nation. Go and get your just super personalized, luxurious skincare products and hair care products. That's what I'm going to try next. So, pros.com slash fake the nation. Are back and before we get into the next topic, I just want to point out that you can help the show by posting review on Apple Podcasts. It honestly helps people find the show. Um and next week I'm gonna start reading some of your reviews. So take that extra minute to post a review um and help people find the show. And I think you're great and I can't wait to read what you have to say, even if it's just like an emoji. Hopefully not the poop emoji. But you know, if it's like the poop emoji and then a heart emoji, I'll understand. That'll be like between me and you, the language of love. Um, All right. Let us move into topic number two. The Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change report came out this week, and it wasn't fun. Small island nations are fucked, cyclones are getting more intense, Germany is flooding, Siberia has heat waves, everyone has to breathe fire all the time, and deodorant just can't keep up. Um I guess my first question is just like, how did you both greet the news of this report? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Marcello, With open like, arms. I was,
2: I was like, yes, take me. Take me now. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: I mean, I'm happy I don't have kids. Sorry, guys. I'm just <laughs> real glad. I don't have no fucking kids. Don't want none. And that I love the heat, because wowie zowie, what is on the way?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, it's hard not to... I, for me, at least, to feel a little bit numb, because I feel like one of these reports comes out every six months to a year. Right. And, and, and they all sound bad. Um, I haven't read one yet that was like, we finally turned the tide. <laughs> um, so until then, they're going to continue to be bad. And um, right. I would be lying if I said I don't feel a, I'm very concerned, but also a little numb to it.
0: Um. So... The thing that's kind of different about this report is that it kind of said, you know, in no uncertain terms that it's human... Influence that has um, put us into this situation—that was still a debate—and <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess that well, I guess they could, you know. One one quote in the report was like, "What's new in this report is that we can now attribute uh, we can now attribute many more changes at the global and regional level to human influence, and better project future changes we will see from different amounts of emissions." So they basically have a better sense. I think but in previous reports it was a little like we think this this number this degree will do this. We think that degree will do that. But now we sort of know as spe- specifically which temperature changes will, will make us more or less fucked. Um, and we now know the other thing that was interesting about the report is that carbon dioxide is not the only culprit. Um, you know, we've been hearing about this, but the report made clear methane um, in particular can trap even more heat than carbon in the near term. Um, over the span of 20 years, uh, countries have focused on carbon emissions, um, you know, they, but we now need to focus on, on methane emissions as well. Um and the the upside of this because I don't want to just be a downer here guys because <laughs> me and Dan have procreated, you know? Uh, we got the we've got uh, the open... <laughs> 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 We've got the progeny to think about and um and the numbers were sort I mean it was sort of like, oh, by the time my kid is an old woman, she'll definitely see some shit, you know, unless we turn this around. Um, so the upside about being really clear about the methane is methane gases are, are really potent heat trapping gases. So if we reduce their emission, they'll, it'll have an outsized benefit for mitigating climate change, right? That was one of the, the the great things about the report is that it's very clear some of the stuff we can do, for example, with the methane, which is a big byproduct of um, agriculture, you know, from the cows and whatnot. Um, I mean, G- wouldn't G- that really,
1: wouldn't that really be a kick in the nuts if that's what takes this whole planet down? Is just like cow farts? Like after all this,
2: <laughs> <laughs> that, you well, know, all, I mean-
1: all these prophecies for millennia from all over the world history, and we ended up being that the world was destroyed by cow farts. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, I gotta oh. say, I've been I've been doing my part because I'm I'm from uh, Modesto, California. So like every time I'm I'm driving in and out of town and I smell all the c- cow shit, I always take a big deep breath, I'm like. <sighs> so I'm doing my part. Okay, you're doing guys? your every part. Time I was I'm gonna absorbing say you holding as in, much methane.
0: Right. I, I, I thought you were to say you hold in your own farts out of respect. Never. For absolutely never. That's not healthy in the game. You can't be encouraging
2: your listeners. So,
0: Marcella's at well, least breaking
1: even, is what you're telling us. Yeah, that's exactly. Right, thank you. Got you. it.
0: Got it. Um, I mean, one of the things that is interesting about the report. I, I wonder what you think is that um, I think the the I think it was the Australian Prime Minister said the developing world accounted for two-thirds of carbon emissions um, and China's output was more than the OECD combined. Wow. Uh, so that's the weird thing about also the stage we're in right now with climate change is that even though industrial you know uh, the, the richest nations, are the ones that did this that got us here. It's the developing nations who are going through their own industrial um, stages are the ones that are making it worse, right? Um, what what is that? But that's our what, fault what too, right? That's I mean, mean, our it's fault. T- too. I mean yes. Yeah, yes. that's
2: our fault too. I mean they 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 don't have the restrictions because we didn't fucking allow them to develop properly. So it really just it continues to be our fault. So
0: I mean, I I mean, forgetting what we allow and don't allow, we we they don't have the resources. Neither right. did we, like we didn't have the resources or the know-how. But the right. thing is Which we is do have the know-how now. Right. also our fault. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's what it
2: boils down to. I mean, that's what's so fucking crazy is that to have that, you know, that circle debate, it just feels really insane that, you know, these these people in power who have, you know, the the money and the the choices, they continue to just not give a shit about what's going on with the world.
0: Dan, you live in what you described earlier as like a, um, a normal Amer- part of America. Um- that might be giving <laughs> oh, a
1: little too much credit, but okay, go on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, what, I mean, like just in the world of like people who are parents and running around and trying to, you know, uh, get their kids to school and trying to do their jobs and trying to keep afloat and trying to pay for health insurance – um where does environmentalism rank as something people give a shit about
1: yeah i mean it's i i I think that most people in in like a uh i think that most people will say that they are concerned about climate change not all you have the whatever the the portion that aren't but like they're concerned but very few are taking all that many tangible steps to address it So uh, in a practical level, on a day-to-day basis, it's relatively low, even though everyone sort of is scared of it in an abstract sense in the back of their minds. To me, what I've been thinking about a lot lately is that I think that this whole thing we've gone through with COVID is actually kind of like— you you can see how global warming has played out and will played out, and COVID is just everything compacted into like a year, which is that <laughs> yep. there, there's all, all these warnings are coming saying this thing is right. coming and it's going to be bad, and and even those of us who believe in science are like yeah that's what you said about SARS you know I don't really but I don't buy it, and then it comes and you're like oh right. shit um, this, is bad. this is bad, but but, yeah. but there's still a division and there's some people who say no it isn't bad or it isn't real or or this isn't the right solution and it isn't literally until it's at their doorsteps until they're in until they're on a a, a ventilator that they say, you know what, I think I should have gotten the vaccine Um, and it's not, until the problem is in your face it's very hard to get most average people to care that much about it and there is something human about that to a point I think Um, I I, I think that um, preventive measures, it's hard to get people excited about preventive
0: measures (laughs) I know, I I feel like I maybe have said this about voting or some some other boring thing about uh, of uh, uh, American life. But how do we make preventative measures? like sexy you know what I mean like that's what we need it's no, no, like no, I, how I, do I, we make them sexy
1: I have a better solution actually because you know it's also uh, uh, these human biases about prevention versus like problem solving play into our politics so like you know if a house is on fire and you show up and put the fire out you're a hero so the politicians are going to look for things that are on fire to put the fires out because that's what their voters are crying to them about
2: right right. but
1: but if the house is, you know a politician is not, doesn't care about going to a house and, and stopping it from catching on fire in the first place Place. He or she doesn't yeah. get credit for that. So, right. um, what I think we should do is to stage. We need to stage Fires. something. We need to get. Right, right. We need some sort of like. <laughs> Um, uh, got uh, it. A, a very large, terrible natural disaster. Oh, like the like let's country. say let's
0: say a fire that is currently in California. That's the largest one in California's history.
1: Yeah, we need to find a way to get that smoke to engulf every part of the country.
0: Okay, gotcha. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Not not just like the the ha- half of it the way that it's right, doing right. now. Right, No, no. <laughs> we,
1: we, we need we need to block out the sun for a right, good right, got it, got Couple okay. years, okay. and then people will take it seriously. And, and right, then we just right, need right. a big fan to blow the smoke away, and hopefully it'll be all right. That's My not even hope-
2: true because when I was at the yeah. beach and the and the sun was getting blocked by the smoke like two years ago for one of the f- California fires, all people were doing were Instagramming and taking pictures <laughs> of it. And I was like,
0: this is mind-blowing. Look at the beautiful hue on this sun <laughs> yeah. right now. Hashtag so in i interesting world. color. to
2: that's, that's, That goes into Yin's point. It needs to be sexy. So it's like, how do we make it sexy?
0: Now, Dan wants us to be enveloped in smoke for two years. I was sort of thinking, could BTS write a song about single-use plastic or something <laughs> right. you know what i mean i was thinking a little bit more of like an easy pop culture fix right. uh, we gotta get we gotta get be, we gotta
2: get beyonce to, it's, it's me beyonce you know we gotta we gotta reduce, <laughs> reduce <stop laughs> and think about the world um you know the world is a blessing so thank you so much
0: oh my gosh hey look at that um Look, I, I I want to say a couple of hopeful things because uh, we're only doing yep, optimism do. here on the so Nation. Hard. and uh, I know this this report was not was a fucking bummer because yeah. the other thing that the bummer part of it was that even if we stop everything now, uh, the warming continues because it's just right. on on that trajectory. It continues to the middle of the century, so we're still going to see some shit, but. Um, Kimberly Nicholas, a professor um, of climate and sustainability um, at Land University in Sweden. Uh, or sorry, Lund. <laughs> it would be funny if it was Land. It's Lund University in Sweden. Um, she said that humans do have the power to stop warming pretty quickly, and that's good news. When we stop adding carbon pollution, we expect warming to stop. Basically, she's like, it's not fucking rocket science, you guys. You know what I mean? Stop adding the emissions, and then the thing stops. It's like, well, that's all we have to do. And then I also just want to point out, um, I read this really wonderful piece in The New Yorker um, that talked about this uh, landscape architect named Kate Orff who has this kind of theory yes, I read of that second piece. nature. Oh, my God. Such yeah, a beautiful yeah. piece. And she's all about oyster base. So she's sort of like, look, we've got these rising sea levels and all this shit. It, we we can't build walls and stuff to protect ourselves from rising waters. Why don't we work with nature and use nature um, and she is re- deploying oysters um, to create these dense reefs to slow the movement of water and mitigate the impact of storm surges. Like, that's one way of dealing with the climate crisis that also kind of creates a second nature um, in places where we, we've we destroyed that, which I would say is a shit ton of places around America. We just built stuff instead of letting it be a marshland or whatever. Um and she, you know, uh, she said, "We, this is a quote from her, we have to hit the reset button if we want nature to come back. There's no more natural nature. Now it's a matter of design, which I also thought was a really hopeful way of looking at it. It's just like, okay, we fuck shit up, but we can design our way through it um, with some um, clever uh you know moves that include nature and don't resist nature um and so i really loved reading that piece in the new yorker is there anything hopeful either of you want to say as we close out this segment in, in with a slight reminder that a lot of people have children <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> i mean look you know i i, I got it, it getting back to my uh, uh comparison between covid and global warming i got my vaccine at the javits center which is the gigantic conference hey, center yeah. in new york city and there were national guard people there and there were all these you know people checking folks in on computers it was an incredible system hundreds of yeah. of aisles and yeah. with computers hundreds of people giving the injection it was very organized and it, I, after i got my shot i from waiting there and i Looking around and marveling, like think of all, like think of all the people that had to work together Mm -hmm. to make this happen. And it's it's unfortunate that it takes oftentimes terrible circumstances and a crisis to get people to collaborate in that way. But we do when we have to, and eventually it'll get bad enough that we'll have to. And I have confidence in human beings to figure something out in those situations.
0: Folks, uh, let me know what you think. Um send me your uh, hopeful. Well, I didn't get thoughts. my I didn't get oh. to do my hopeful. My, Marcella, <laughs> do fuck? your yeah, no, no, no de- Marcella. Kids, Marcella, Damn. give an example to fake the nation of your hopefuls. I just think everybody should stock up
2: on sunscreen because it's about to get spicy, bitch.
0: <laughs> uh, and the hopeful thing is that, like, yeah, I mean, Nelly once said it's getting hot in here, and mm-hmm. we didn't know at the time he was talking about the globe writ large Um, he was really a prophet folks uh, let us move on to topic number three Uh, okay so this is the this topic is like the polar opposite of what we were just talking about but uh, Brazilian butt lifts are everywhere and uh, I guess my first question is why? Because we, we read a couple of pieces about the BBL, the Brazilian butt lift as it's known in shorthand um, and how people go to Miami and the average cost is 5,000, which sounds really low. And what the Brazilian butt lift is, is that they basically take fat from your abdomen and they put it in your butt so that you have um, like a cartoon character, hourglass figure. Um, Marcella, uh, let's start with you, basic, I mean...
2: Why, because I have weird. no butt? Wow. Oh. wow. Yeah, no,
1: this, is, this is a safe space for you, Marcella. I have no butt either.
2: <laughs> I, I, wow. Do you, do you okay.
1: hate riding on bicycles too?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Wait,
0: just like, let's just talk about the cultural prevalence of the BBL. I mean, because yeah. it's not something... I gotta be honest, it's not something I see in my friends, right? Like I don't see my my peeps running around with big butts, but it is something that I, whenever I do an idle scroll on the old IG or the old TikTok, I do notice Far too many large, but bo- like booties that are just. There's no way that occurs in nature, Um and I'm just. I mean, it, you can you yeah. can tell when it occurs
2: in nature because the thighs match the ass, but it's right. when the thighs they, don't I match the ass that so you're like,
0: ooh, right that it looks that it looks crazy. Yeah, you look like um, an ant. I mean, why why did it like? pick up so much uh why well, is it so sir, popular S-
2: sir mix-a-lot was ahead of his time right with he like big um, butts and he cannot lie and then the video absolutely. did not really you know highlight the big butts and then um <laughs> I, w- I would say the kardashian era which was what started 15 years ago they really influenced a lot of young women who hate themselves and that is how this shit got infiltrated you know and uh i just i feel bad for these women because it's like damn You can't this who is this for you know is it for you because it's dangerous it's it's not for you so who is it for it's usually for men uh for the male gaze and that's always sad but uh you a funny story i one time had a guy uh roll up on me he was in a wheelchair literally rolled up and he told me (laughs) Uh you would be perfect if you had a fat ass that's what he said to me (laughs) and i was like you dude you don't have legs and i wasn't gonna bring it up i had no problem with you not having legs but you got a problem oh with God. me not having an ass that fuck. that's so terrible but like that's where men are they're at that point like not all men obviously uh but like they're at that point where they're like you need a big ass for me to even consider you and it's like sir that's you got mental issues if that's your standard
0: Dan, tell me about the many conversations you have with your bros about the shortcomings of the various women's asses.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I haven't been in any of those conversations in a long time. I, uh, you know, uh, maybe it's that I'm getting older, or maybe it's just that I increasingly sort of uh, avoid the kinds of people who like to have those conversations. Um, <laughs> uh-huh,
2: uh-huh. So or maybe are sure, married, Dan. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know that the BBL has made it to the suburbs. I'll be honest. Um, I, this feels like a very millennial thing that's on TikTok and i think that the pressure on uh you know moms in the suburbs uh you know women in their 30s and 40s and 50s and up who are concerned about their bodies are, is still more that they feel that they need to have the smallest body possible all around um so you know i, I you know i i haven't heard any women say <laughs> that they wish their butts were bigger uh, out here in the sticks where i live um I, you know but I, I generally agree with what Marcella said that more than anything it just kind of it makes me sad that women feel that they need to do this and um, you know social media isn't all bad or all good um, but so this is one of those areas where you see it and and by the way, there's yeah, research that shows I,
0: I could make an argument for it's all bad but go ahead
1: it's more bad than good but this is an area mm. where you see how bad it is and and it does affect men also and there are rising uh, instances you know uh, issues of eating disorders among young uh, men and boys are are creeping up on the same levels as uh, young women and girls um and and it's largely because of social media that there's more and more pressure on, on men to look certain ways too and they're seeing more incidents of eating disorders
0: you know it's it what's real it's 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 conf- it's a confusing state of affairs for me because first of all this is a really intense procedure and miami is the capital of it um and these pre- and you know from the this piece we read I think it was in Vox they wrote these procedures often take place in small clinics where doctors who might have been trained as dermatologists or pediatricians are legally allowed to advertise themselves as board certified physicians even though the extent of their plastic surgery training might have consisted of a single weekend course there's like a higher mortality rate with Brazilian butt lifts I mean the and the and the number of BBLs has risen globally since 2015 by 77.6% that's huge um and this is what's really confusing to me, is that we're both in the age of the Brazilian butt lift and in the age of body positivity. How do you square those two things? Be You know, I, I thought we were just going to all be cool now with our bodies. I don't know, Marcela, where do you see both of these kind of narratives out there driving you crazy at the same time?
2: absolutely because especially especially as a woman because we're we're judged so harshly on our appearances and it's it's wild because you you know that body positivity is is the the movement that we should all be getting behind but there's also you know the subset of body positivity which is well, if a woman wants to alter her body, that's her choice and we should be so happy for her. And it's like, bitch, that's not true. I don't think that that's true either. You know, like, especially <laughs> right. when it's, especially when there's, you know, death risk involved. Like, that's when it's like, okay, that's too far. That's way too far. Like, I, I get when people want to do the little face things and, you know, do a little, you know, get rid of your wrinkles because you're like, okay, well, that's not so invasive that you, your your whole life is at risk. But it it's... I mean, but one does not exist without the other, right? Like, that's why body positivity exists, because there are p- women that just hate themselves to the point that they just want to look like somebody else, which is
0: sad. And you know, the other thing that's really weird, and I wonder, like, you were talking about uh, Dan people in older generations. Like, my mom's generation of Iranian immigrant women um, Kind of wanted to be like white ladies, right? Mm-hmm. Like they would, you know, even in Iran, and and we we see this in a lot of different ethnic groups, like trying to be white, would just straight up like uh, dye their hair blonde or get um, nose jobs to have little pinched noses or whatever. Um, and then the the interesting thing about the BBO is that. Is that it's an effort to try and look more black or Latina with with right. a bigger butt that's more known in those cultures? Um, I mean, can we just stop cross cultural body coveting each other? You know, what I mean, I don't understand what that's about.
2: I also just get so sad that um, people. This is the type of shit people focus their lives on, and this is what they spend their money on. When going back to the climate. Discussion. It's like if you exerted that energy of hating yourself into loving the earth, like imagine, imagine. what could happen, you know? Imagine
0: like, how many butts you could have given to the earth. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. She gets it.
0: Um, you know, I saw this uh, airplane movie. I don't know why I made this an airplane movie. It was really depressing, but it was, oh my God, it was like something about how to be famous or something like that on HBO, I think, and um, and it was about social media. It was like the, the premise of the documentary was to make it was three people that were going to try and make them famous on social media by buying them likes and all this shit. Anyway, and um, one of the first things they started out with was a statistic that like if you would ask kids what do you want to be when you grow up like 15 years ago they would have said astronaut, fireman, whatever, um, the kind of normal things that they probably said when we were kids. But the, if you if you ask kids now what they want to be when they grow up, it's famous. Right. And part of the BBL is about the TikTok fame, the Instagram fame. It's also mimicking what filters can do, but in real life. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's sort of like turning your body into a three dimensional, you know, um, photo filter. Uh, You're right. It's a lot of energy into something that really, truly doesn't matter uh i and i wonder i I mean what is the antidote to that is it is the antidote to that is still the planet we need a a smoke covering the sky for two years i don't know i think we're definitely um,
2: we're definitely plowing towards the end that's for sure (laughs) maybe instead of those filters
1: we could just um give people glasses that would make everybody mm. look uh, a certain Dan. way.
0: Um
1: yes. Like, like so you, you would just go through the world with that filter. Everybody would have the same body. Or, or yes. you, you could adjust how your body would appear to the filter in that person's glasses without having to have any actual surgery. It still seems really kind of like at its... that My approach still seems pretty fucked up at its essence cause it's still all about um, making your body look a certain way. But, but At least you don't have cheaper. to have a dangerous surgery. Yes, but much cheaper. Right.
0: Cheaper, it also you know. sounds like a, safer...
2: It sounds like a really good '80s movie,
1: or like a Black Mirror or a Black Mirror episode.
0: <laughs> episode of Black Mirror. Okay, yeah. here's my here's my solution. BTS writes a song about uh, chunky elbows and how elbows are like really <laughs> woo. I love them elbows, or just like <laughs> oh, I love dry skin on an elbow, and it's just all about how el- everyone you know droopy. Too much skin, elbows, yeah. w- you know w- what I mean?
1: Way to play it safe.
0: Just I mean, let's el- get, let's just take our focus away. Elbow skin is kind of like,
2: elbow skin is kind of like ball skin. like, so c- I don't know if I would be supporting that one again.
0: <laughs> um, look, it's, it's cultural though. It's trends. You know what that's I mean? true, you're right. You don't have to support it because when it's trendy, you will fucking support it.
2: You're like All so right. much, you're ahead of your time. <laughs> I mean,
1: I, mean I, 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 I can't wait till that's the next social media craze. Like, check out these elbows. <laughs>
0: Check out these elbows. Um, folks, let's start it now with the hashtag check out these elbows. Um, please post photos of your really delightful, really dry, scaly elbows. No filters. Um, no fil. Hey, guys. Yeah. No fucking filters. Okay. I want to see your elbows. natural body positive elbow. When, I, when um, I was six, I
2: got into an accident. I broke my arm and like they fixed my elbow. And like now I have like this extra skin, like so much extra. Extra skin. And it's really fun to play with. I just want to show Marcella
0: you. is showing us her extra skin that is also yeah. like looks like a little fort. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Thank just you pull, so much. She's pulling it away. Um, all right, folks, and that is the end of the show. How do you feel? I,
2: I, feel, <laughs> I feel the I feel same I'm as ready. How, <laughs> when I start.
1: I feel like I'm ready for a beer. I'm ready for a beer. Wow. And actually, Nagin, have you heard about this, this uh, beer called Back Home Beer?
0: Yes. It's an, it's an Iranian-made beer, but in Brooklyn, I think, yes, right? Yes,
1: that's right. But it has a pinch of salt in it, which I think is genius, because I sometimes add salt to my beer, especially in the summertime, oh my God, and I can't wait that. to try it.
0: I'm so excited! Yeah, I've actually communicated with the with them what, what is it? It's called Back Home Beer. Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a woman, Zara Tabatabai. I hope I'm saying her name correctly. right.
0: It's Zara Tabatabai, and she is starting a new uh, beer company um, out of New York City, and uh, she's Iranian. Support. I've communicated with her on Twitter. I'm very excited about this beer, though I don't really drink uh, much of anything, especially. Well, if that she offers beer, you any samples.
1: Will you send them to me instead? Mm.
0: Yes, I will. You will. You okay. can you can be my my sampler. But All that's right, thank um, you. but. I'm very, but you know, I like I'm you know I'd love anything uh, Iranian women are doing here in the United States. So like very exciting. Yes. Um, what I would love for people of Fake the Nation um, to know is where to find you and all of the wonderful works that you do, Marcella. Where do they find you? You can
2: find me at Marcella Comedy across all social media and tune into the scroll down with Nicole Thurman and me here on Headgum. And I'm probably going to have some tour dates, but I don't know. Check check my website. MarcellaComedy.com.
0: Oh, my God. Folks, definitely look for Marcella's tour dates. Definitely um, subscribe to the scroll down. Uh, it's just a hoot. Um, remember when people used to use the term a hoot? Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as I said it, I was like, now I'm in the 1950s. Dan, <laughs> where do people find you?
1: Well, I hope you'll uh, listen to this sporkful food podcast wherever you get your podcast and some weeks it's funny some weeks it's serious we use food to get into all kinds of subjects we talk with comics we do identity and race and culture and economics and history uh nagin's been a guest um, and if you want to get the, my cascatelli pasta shape that I invented that I talked about last time they're catching up on the orders it's still back order but just order it and then it will come you'll forget you ordered it and then it will arrive on your doorstep and you'll be so happy so you can order that through sfoglini.com it's S-F-O-G-L-I-N-I like sfoglini.com
2: I'm going to I'm gonna get some that shit sounds good
0: oh my get god it, Marcella, Marcella yeah. it is so delicious it's I so good that. it's exactly the right texture all of that it's wonderful um, and folks don't forget to subscribe to uh, the Sportful and you know where to find me and all of the things that we should not be looking at on social media because it's probably just bad all around but find me there and what I would really love to do is I want to thank all the people who make this show possible that's our producer Julia Linden our sound engineer Stephanie Aguilar and all the wonderful people at HeadGum the theme music was written by Gabi Alter please rate review the show on Apple Podcasts because it helps people find the show that's for real email us at fakethenation@headgum.com at headgum.com for any ideas you might have about guests or topics or anything at all. You can join the Patreon at um Sorry, at patreon.com slash for bonus content and so much more. And we'll be back in your earballs next week. That was a headgum
3: podcast.